Warning! The following podcast contains dames, flatfoots, and one gumshoe caught in the middle. Viewer discretion is advised. Here comes... Sure, I guess I'm ready. I'm ready when you are, James. And speed. <laughs> oh, God, I pulled a muscle yawning. This is jaw muscle. Damn it. I've got to come off the bench. I don't want to come off the bench. Alex is waiting on the sidelines. Put me in, coach. Fuck you. By the way, that wasn't a joke. Something weird did just happen to me. What happened? I think I literally just pulled a muscle yawning. What the fuck? Like, like in your face or where at? Uh, between like, the top of my neck and my tongue. Ooh. Ow. Wow, that was... That's a thing you can do? That would be my career-ending injury. <laughs> I thought about that. I think last weekend, like, I cut my foot. I stepped on a pork chop bone. Because, <laughs> like, my mom gave, like, our dog, like, a leftover pork chop bone. And he had chewed on it and left it, like, in the floor. And then, like, the middle of the night, I was walking through, and I stepped on it. And I was like, oh, motherfucker. It would be taken out of the game by a pork chop. <laughs> Destroyed by the thing I love the most. That's the end of Below the Bible Belt. I get killed by a poor child. You yawn so much that your head snaps off. We try to bring in Alex as a guest host. He falls out of bed and breaks his neck. No! The show has been cursed by Cowboy Bob. Or say suffers a fatal knitting needle accident. We both go to Alabama and yell for Cowboy Bob. Make us Below the Bible Belt again. <laughs> Take me back. Make me man horse again. Uh, welcome to Below the Bible Belt, <laughs> the sordid confessions of two men with nothing in common but an accent. I am James. Um, I'm Matt. Are you going to leave that in? Yes. All right. Yeah. This is fucking yeah. Below the Bible Belt unedited. Below the Bible Belt. Raw. It's Below the Bible Belt, the unrated director's cut. <laughs> Available only in the Blu-ray 3D combo pack. I would say we're unplugged, but we kind of have to be plugged. Just the internet. <laughs> One day we're going to release the acoustic below the Bible <laughs> Belt. All right. It changes everyone's opinion about our broadcasting abilities. Good For good or bad. We don't know. But, uh, how's your month been, Matt? Um, I've had a pretty good month. Uh, as you know, uh, this past month, I actually... Damn it. <laughs> the time frame, I always forget. <laughs> when you say, how's your month, by the time this comes out, that's like three months ago or two months ago but uh i respect the intelligence of our audience i think they can grasp the time i can't plan. james i can't i can't do basic math james you know this well that's why we have that helpful timeline on the blow the bible belt tumblr page um damn it don't make timeline useful james don't do that but uh no uh this past month was uh thanksgiving at the end of november and we had thanksgiving at the johnson house the johnson clan if you will we spell it with a C. So don't worry. It's the annual Johnson family hate-giving. <laughs> One thing I am kind of glad is that uh, certain family members did not show up. Uh, like, my, my crazy aunt was not there, so that's always good. She was too busy, you know, walking around Black Friday, making sure nobody got mixed up in any Walmart crimes. Yeah. She hasn't... 
She hasn't worked for Walmart for six, seven years now, but, you know, she still does it. Well, they brought her out of retirement for Black Friday. They had Edward James almost show up. (laughs) Leave an origami figure of a smiley face on her front door. You know the deal, Johnson. You ain't Walmart. You're little people. Uh, yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't uh, work for them. She moonlights as a private store dick. She went over to Target. <laughs> she went upscale. That's something that we learned a couple of days ago. That Walmart is for lower class people. Target is for the good folks. As made apparent by Marseille Mueller, enemy of the proletariat. <laughs> Target is what you're supposed to call it when you're up class. But uh, we had some family members there, like my grandma, come over, her sisters, and my grandpa. And I cooked – well, I partially cooked here, but I cooked the turkey. Uh, my mom helped out. She cooked some stuff. My grandma cooked some stuff. My great-grandma was there, too. Uh, she brought Chef some Johnson. stuff. Chef Johnson. Chef Johnson, yes. Hopefully no one got poisoned. I haven't heard anyone getting poisoned yet, so I guess I have to try again next year. Hey, we got to show the audience a photo of your chef hat that goes down into a hood. It's one of those hats, when you pull it out, it becomes a clan hood. It's to protect your face from grease. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, one thing that I found interesting was, you know, when you, like, really, my family, like, it's it's my immediate family. And then, like, you know, especially now that we've moved, like, we don't really see our extended family much. Uh, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas, that's the only time we really see them. Most time, uh, before then, we'd see them. A couple times a year, uh, good for touching base. But uh, I discovered something about my grandmother while we were talking at Thanksgiving. Um, just as like a, a forerunner to this, my grandmother is roughly 40 years older than me, pretty much to the year, because that's sort of the thing like about my family. I've noticed like uh, my great grandparents are 60 years older than me. My uh, grandparents are 40. My parents are 20. You know, every 20 years, bam, another kid's supposed to come out. I broke that cycle. Those other <laughs> you were the legend killer. <laughs> there were, it was like uh, Battlestar Galactica. This is all happened before and it'll happen again. Not under my watch, damn it. We can change. We can be something more. <laughs> your dad but, karate uh, chopped that baby out of your mom's stomach. <laughs> um, um, but like I said, my grandmother, she's 65-ish. Uh, she's around that area. And talking to her, I figured out some things about her that kind of surprised me because for a 65-year-old woman, her taste or especially her pop culture taste, I found very interesting because we were watching, like, football, uh, as you do on Thanksgiving, James. As you know, you watch football on Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. I'm always spending Thanksgiving watching the football game. Yes, go team that plays on Thanksgiving. But uh, we were watching, and she saw a commercial for the Big Bang Theory. That was when she professed to me that she watches the Big Bang Theory weekly, and she loves it, James. My grandmother loves the Big Bang Theory. She loves the antics of, uh, what's his name? Sheldon. Yes, Sheldon. That's her favorite character, the little weird guy with uh, autism. She likes him because, you know, she reminds him of that weird kid she used to go to school with. That kid didn't get his own sitcom, by the way. That kid, he got killed. But that's another story for another day. She got real dark real fast, James. I don't know what's wrong with her. Uh. But speaking of that, she also went to another area of her of her likes. Apparently, she's a huge fan of the Twilight books. <laughs> the Twilight books and the Twilight movie. My grandmother, I'm like, because I don't call her grandma. Uh, not anymore, anyway. <laughs> not ever. She gave up that title. She, she's, she's the one grandparent not worthy of the name grandma. But uh, What I read, I read in the name of sanity and peace. 
but not in the name of Grandma. <laughs> Picked up Marseille and walked out of your own time stream. <laughs> um, but I didn't. I didn't say anything to her because I'm not gonna say, hey, you know, uh, I don't like that kind of stuff. But uh, it was funny. That my mom chimed in when they were talking about. She was talking about Big Bang Theory because she heard like she was next to us when my grandma was talking Big Bang Theory, and she said. You like that show? I thought that was a gay show. <laughs> what? Only gay what? people like that, I thought. That's what my mom said. <laughs> I thought that's what it was about. Just a bunch of gay guys. Just a bunch of gay scientists going to the comic book store, hanging out with their hot lady friends. See, you then know, I would actually watch that show. <laughs> it's just Will and Grace meets comic book, man. That's what you want. Uh, that's a, a market that hasn't been tapped yet. Gay nerds. <laughs> There's some out there, James, right? No, I've seen them at all the meetings. No, I'm saying you, right? Right? That's, just, that's the vibe I always get from you. I know, I was adding to the joke. Oh, you are? how comedy works. It's yes and, you jackass. I don't do yes and. I go, <laughs> no, fuck off. That's my style of comedy. <laughs> that's the Johnson School of Improv. <laughs> exactly. It's a weird thing I've noticed Old people love the Big Bang Theory. I, I don't know what, what, if it's because it brutally mocks the crazy youth culture of today or what. I think that's what it is because, you know, uh, it does kind of, like, it's got that, that lowest common denominator type of humor in it. And it does make fun of the, the uh, younger generation, of course, because, you know, these, uh, these baby boomers are all in their high horse, you know, about, about, about us younger kids today, so it makes them feel better. And it has America's favorite pastime, making fun of nerds. Making fun of nerds, uh, making fun of gay people, making fun of anything, pretty much. It hits all the pressure points. Nerds, gay people, women, <laughs> Indians, yes, autistic people. There's uh, Jewish humor. Will Wheaton. <laughs> well, that's what it is. Old people just love Will Wheaton. They admire his sweaters. Wesley Crusher was their favorite character from Star Trek The Next Generation. He was just a sassy young boy. But yeah, the Thanksgiving was kind of uh was kind of interesting. It was it was nice to cook for people and eat 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 food. You know, I don't eat food often, James, as you know. You subsist solely on hate. <laughs> exactly. But I'm trying to think if there's anything else of note. Question. Mm-hmm. Did you participate in any Black Friday related sales? No. As uh, I think we talked about uh, last year when we did our holidays episode, ever since uh, getting balled out for not being able to get a DVD player, I've uh, I, I hung up my Black Friday cap. Next to your clan hood. <laughs> you heard the name of that sale. I was like, nope, ain't going to happen. <laughs> I am Black Friday no more. <laughs> That's funny. I did not have to work on Black Friday or on the Thursday sale. Because Black, that's Black the, Thanksgiving is what yeah, they call it. Yeah, that's the weird. That's the weird thing. People complain about how Christmas starts earlier every year. Now Black Friday starts earlier every year. Mm-hmm. In the store I work at, we started our Black Friday sale six o'clock Thursday afternoon. Uh, eventually, it's going to get to the point where we just have Black Friday week, mm-hmm. then Black Friday month, then the year is just going to be split between Black Friday and Christmas. And like you fast forward a thousand years, and it's just going to be called Black History Month. <laughs> this is the way time dilutes. Be trapped in the horrible afterscape of the third sales war. The Amazon drones bombed all the Walmarts that day. 
bombing them with thermonuclear devices and <laughs> e-books. Yes. Just dropping Kindles on everything. Ah, it's so convenient. <laughs> Society breaks down without the paper industry as our backbone. The the uh, the Brazilian rainforest uh, it grows too good and it starts to engulf the rest of the world. Our leaders could have done something, but they were too busy traveling in their imaginations. <laughs> Damn you, Amazon! That was their plan. Look, it's even in the name Amazon. What's down there in the Amazon rainforest? They've been planning it for years, James. That's what Amazon Prime is all about. That's their phase two. Where's your conspiracy buddy? We need to get to him quickly. Only he can tell us the truth about this. Oh, shit, man. You just blew this thing wide open. <laughs> to the pop cave. <laughs> yeah, I worked that Thursday morning. And for a good hour or so before I went off, it was my job to help uh, bring out the little cardboard stands where we were going to have all of our Black Friday stuff. Yes, that's I like to call those the uh, the murder posts. <laughs> Pretty much, that's where shit goes down. Yeah, yeah. I was helping with the games and movies we were bringing out, which, as usual, were put in our produce section because why not? <laughs> yeah, and a, a lot of them they were, we were putting directly in front of the meat bunker, so people got a lot of copies of Tomb Raider that smelled like raw steak, mm. as it should. Yes, Lara Croft and steak. Mmm. Because if you get lost in an actual wilderness situation, you could use that copy of Tomb Raider to distract a bear. Go fetch! <laughs> but uh, while other people were bringing them out, I decided it would be my job to guard these. Because oh, for this shit. particular shipment, they inexplicably removed the covers, so anyone could just walk up and grab the products. So as they kept bringing out more and more, I was just supposed to walk back and forth and make sure that nobody touched or... And this is their words, looked at the displays. <laughs> Which really baffled me, because I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? Just walk up to people and close their eyes? No, no. Did you, uh... No, you did, can't look at this. Go away. No. Did, did they give you a billy club for you to twirl around and whistle? Yeah, I hear your mugs. Damn kids. <laughs> no, that would actually be helping me. Yeah. At a but, certain point, I just stood in front of one of them and opened up my jacket to try to block <laughs> as much as, of it, as I could. Because the second Please. I brought those out, people were coming out of the woodwork. Oh, oh man. Oh, check really? it out. $10. <laughs> uh, I didn't think there was that much of a rush for Tomb Raider, but... It's the reinvention of Laura Croft, Matt. Were you just yelling, please, please, no flash photography. games. <laughs> Only one man. So you were just the bouncer, essentially. Pretty much. Security. Because, you know, when I think of a heavy or a goon to protect me... Think of a very skinny, lanky guy like yourself with tiny tendons. That's actually not the first time I've been used as a bodyguard at that store. <laughs> oh, are you talking about the, the previous time when Lady Gaga came to the store and you had to protect her with your life? That too. Also, there was a one night where they were walking money from the pharmacy to the service desk. And apparently whenever you do that after night, you have to have someone accompany you because... The second night falls in a Walmart, it just becomes a Harlem subway station. Whoa, dude. Why's it got to be Harlem? Why can't it be Chicago? You racist bastard. It could be a Philly subway station, or New right, Jersey, or anywhere in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, I guess I see that just because if... <laughs> I don't want to say this, but there have been times where like, I've been at grocery stores and, and I have uh, scoped the place out. And sometimes it just seems like it'd be... Easy enough to rob if you had, like, the balls 
and you know the right amount of luck sometimes. There are some shady looking people who come into Walmart after dark, mm-hmm. and half of those are just the stock crew. Yeah, I know that game. I've been one of them, one of the shady people. So, <laughs> I, I, all I wanted, James, was a copy of Tomb Raider, but they kept saying, "Keep moving, you keep moving." I couldn't resist it. It smelled like meat. <laughs> but uh, we did have a problem with the first one that was brought out, which completely gave way at the bottom. And these things are made of cardboard, so they're very flimsy. So we just had to flip it around and prop it up against the meat bunker and just leave it for someone else to take care of. That's the Walmart way. And later on that night, I went shopping with my family at that store, and I think they were had just used duct tape to <laughs> affix it to the side of the meat bunker where it wouldn't fall over forward. That's a, a southern epoxy duct tape. And I swear, the second the sale began, they ripped that thing apart like it was a pinata, <laughs> and within five minutes, it was in shreds on the floor. Which I, I don't understand. Did they think there were games inside of it? I've got one hidden inside this base. Ah. Well, I thought, James, you've told me this before, but the population of Sims, Alabama, is what, roughly 20% piranha? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, we had a similar experience as last year where there was a 6 o'clock sale and an 8 o'clock sale I bore witness to. In both sales, people ripped open the pallets like 10 minutes before the sale was supposed to begin. And when that happens, it's like fucking blood in the water. <laughs> Just one person decides, fuck this shit, I want it now, rips the thing open. Then there's a domino effect and the entire store goes apart. I saw one guy literally jumping over a produce bunker to get to the video games. <laughs> I was tried to muscle in. I was told to uh, walk around with a shopping cart and fill oh, it with boy. and fill it with movies that people in my family would like. I had to abandon it because there was just no way getting through. And whenever my aunt found me a few minutes later, she was devastated. James gave our shopping cart away. <laughs> he lost it in the chaos. You weren't there. You didn't oh, have to do what it took to survive. I you should have done like uh, like the speech from Blade Runner. I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Men jumping over produce bunkers. Flip phones on fire off the shoulder of Orion. <laughs> Cleanups in aisle four. Time to save. <laughs> no, one of the things we were there for is my aunt really wanted to buy a PlayStation 4 uh, for her brother-in-law. Oh, that was for her. (laughs) Or maybe for you. Why not for you? You've been a good boy this year, I presume. Nobody loves me that much. (laughs) I'm a $5 bin kind of love. I'm not a major purchase love. Yeah, I'd agree with that, James. (laughs) We had come to get a PlayStation 4, but I had heard from an insider that we were only getting in... Eight PlayStation 4s and four Xbox Ones for the entire two-day sale. That is... that is so shitty. I'm sorry. And my first thought is, oh, okay, so I'm going to get stabbed when I'm in that store tonight. <laughs> like, a riot is going to break out. It was Walmart at least, like, offering vouchers. Like, you could buy, like, a, like a place... Like, you give them the money, they give you a voucher, and you come yeah. back and claim it at a later date. Yeah, they had one-hour guarantees on everything... But the video game consoles, that shit was first come, first serve. I, I don't, 
That's, that's just social Darwinism. I think they're just trying to wipe out one-third of their consumer base, like they were racial Google or something. <laughs> or I have a feeling like – I can't remember his name. The guy from Walmart, like he watches all the cameras and he just gets off on all the violence, mayhem, and chaos. Sam Walton's watching it from the Walmart estate. Yes, yes. Tear oh. each other apart in my name. <laughs> Watch um, as I grow fat on your suffering. There was something that I meant to bring up, highlighting situations like that. Like, all it takes is, like, one person to just say fuck it to send things into chaos. I've always wondered, like, as someone who has been on both sides of the line, are you worried, like, especially, like, someone like Black Friday, when you're trying to keep order and stuff, you think, oh, my God, what if all of a sudden everyone realizes, wait a minute, there's more of us than there are of them, you know? <laughs> just sales anarchy. <laughs> You have to protect that thin blue savings line, James. That's the thing that separates you from chaos. Yeah. Walmart is humanity's last defense against the forces of anarchy. <laughs> and Target. No, Target supports anarchy. <laughs> They're destroying the system from the inside. You ever see their CEO? He has a mohawk. <laughs> which is which is weird just because, you know, with a name like Target, I figured it'd be about you know, straight and narrow, but who knows? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I... Only person I actually saw walking around with an Xbox One after they were all set out was one 80-year-old grandmother. <laughs> like, apparently she had stabbed somebody for that, <laughs> or she had gotten it through bribery or something. Either way, Grandma did good that year. I just imagine, like, if she's walking through Walmart, she's got, she's got like, a gun in her hand. All right, motherfuckers, this is how it's going to go. <laughs> want to pay for this fucking game. Thing, whatever it is, I don't know. My fucking grandkids, they love it. So I want to please them. But listen, anyone touches me, you fucking die. I paid good money for this tape player. <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't play records? It's supposed to be a multimedia device. If it doesn't play records, it's shit. <laughs> I guess I'll just sell it on eBay. eBay is some kind of cat, right? <laughs> so after that, uh, we got what we were going to get. And once again, I was not able to find gifts for anybody and just bought a couple of movies for myself. Because at heart, I am a selfish man. I think you told me this, but what, what exactly did you buy? Uh, on the DVDs of X-Men First Class, a $4 steelbook of Serenity. And uh, I take that back. I did buy one gift. I purchased a copy of Magic Mike. For me? Thank you. <laughs> I haven't. The only other time... I felt that sullied was the other day when I bought season one of Duck Dynasty for a family member. Also for me. It's like, this is the Christmas season where I've betrayed everything I ever believed in. I don't know why you feel bad about Magic Mike. I mean, Channing Tatum shirtless, uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey shirtless, uh, Matt Balmer shirtless. I'm in heaven. Uh -huh. From the director of Syriana. <laughs> From hard-hidden political commentary to washboard abs. After Haywire, everything just went to shit. Everything went Haywire, if you will. Not really a pun. I just wanted to try to do a title drop. I've done it. I feel ashamed. Gina Carano for Wonder Woman. <laughs> but, uh, after that, we ended up staying in line for about 45 minutes. And at one point, I had to go return something and then come back. And on the way back, I got caught up in the long belt of people waiting for the 8 o'clock sale, which was going to start in like 10 minutes. 
and just as soon as I walk up to the belt, it happens. That Lord of the Rings moment where the one archer lets go of the arrow, and then boom, all hell breaks loose. I, now, now you say that I'm just imagining like the Walmart employees like standing in front of like the the customers with like giant stash going bam, 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 just just daring to make a move. Come on, motherfuckers, we got what you want. There will come a day when the store will not be in the rack, but it is not this day. This day <laughs> they shop. Now for wrath, now for ruin. And close out low prices. And also, guys, if you have a chance, try to give me a PlayStation. That'd be cool. <laughs> Do it for me. Now go. Yeah, again, ten minutes. Like, ten minutes on the dot. I don't know what it is about that. I think that's a, just the maximum amount a person can wait in line before they get impatient. It was ten minutes before eight, right? Yeah. I like to think that there's just some asshole who's like got his watch set like ahead. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to stick my dick in this beehive. <laughs> it's eight o'clock. Let's go down, motherfuckers. But they start ripping open the pallets early. Or they start ripping open the pallets early, and the domino effect happens, and I'm caught up into it, and all of a sudden it's just an explosion of elbows and fists and spit and bile and hate and consumerism. I barely got out of there alive. Did you, what, did you get what you uh, went back for at least? I went back to return something, which was hilariously oh. a DVD copy of Grease. Why, James? Now now you've made an enemy. That <laughs> enemy is one room over from where I'm at right now. I was almost beaten to death because of Kaniki. <laughs> now you're going to be beaten to death because you didn't buy Kaniki. Just remember that. Remember that when his hands are at your throat. You could have avoided this. God, you're damned if you Kaniki and damned if you don't. Story of my <laughs> life. The crazy thing is, the sale was significantly less nightmarish than last year. And I didn't see anybody get yeah, bashed I, in the face by anything, or anyone climb to I, the top of a pallet and fall over backwards. I have heard that this year's Black Friday was a little bit tamer than uh, previous Black Fridays, and I wonder if, like, spacing certain sales out, uh, instead of having just one giant mess of chaos, you just had, like, Smaller little amounts of chaos lumped over, like, the weekend. That might have helped. I blame Obama. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Obama. What? I have no control over the consumers and the sale of goods. Game you, Obama. Use your drones. Get to it. He leaves the interview. Just target. Everything went according to plan. <laughs> Damn, He's in the big pocket. target. He's in the pocket of Big T. Big bullseye. <laughs> The red dot. <laughs> the order of the red dot. He's he's their man in the White House. But speaking of dark conspiracy theories involving the fate of our nation itself, intrigue, Matt. Yes. Intrigue, yes. We're all caught up in it. We've all read shitty conspiracy books, or at least I have. So We're just going to spend the rest of the podcast discussing the bent bullet. Yes. Uh, Free Magneto. Or the, the the most common conspiracy theory that it was actually Jackie that killed Kennedy. She <laughs> had it up here powers. with this shit. <laughs> she had a machine gun underneath her little hat. She just whipped it out and just blew his fucking head off. And everyone kept it quiet because, hey, you know, dude fucks around behind your back. And maybe he's got it coming. That's all I'm saying. Conspiracy. So, Matt, you were telling me before we started the show that... You had recovered a long-repressed memory. 
of sordid familial intrigue. Yes, as you know, um, I've been going to hypnotherapy for the past few months. Um, while I haven't made too much progress for recovery memories, I have been noticing that every time a bell rings, I want to cloak like a chicken. So I guess that's progress. That's why you shouldn't have PJ as your therapist. Fuck your subconscious. Anytime someone plays solitaire, I have a sudden urge to want to kill the President of the United States. I'm not sure what that's about either, but who knows. Well, to be fair, you only have the urge to kill Jimmy Carter, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut bombing motherfuckers had it too good yeah. for too long. You want his teeth as trophies. I'm working for the real estate people. They don't like Habitat for Humanity. <laughs> it fucks up their profit margins. Damn you, big <laughs> houses. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the memory that I was thinking of, like, I forgot why, I guess it's just something that happened that I, I never really thought about, but, because, you know, since we've started this, this thing of ours, that's what I like to call it, uh, this unholy union of Southerners, uh, one of the things is, like, we try to come up with some of memorable memories of our past, like, stories that we can share about our being raised in the South, and they're not always related to the South, but, you know, just... Stories that we have accrued over the years, and there's one that just it suddenly came to me like a lightning bolt the other day. I can't believe I forgot about it. But uh, you were interviewing Kevin Spacey. You looked down at your cuff. My God. Uh, yeah, it was made on Encyclopedia Brown porcelain. <laughs> uh, but no, the story that I want to tell you is about the time that I had a brief foray. Into a business as Matt Johnson, boy detective. <laughs> Wait, the adventures of young Scoop Johnson? Yes. Even before, this is before Scoop Johnson. This was uh, I'm just boy detective Matt Johnson. That's what I wanted to call myself. This is before you got the hat. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I had an entirely different hat back then. It was a uh, deer stalker. I had a Sherlock Holmes hat. <laughs> I got it for Christmas one year. Uh, so what started all this really was uh, when I was about eight or nine. No, 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 I wasn't eight. I was about nine or ten. Um, I got into two types of books that really uh, influenced me. I got into uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes books or Sherlock Holmes. I think I said home. Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I got into <laughs> it's the adventures Sherlock of Sherlock Holmes, Holmes boy. <laughs> it was the nine. I got into Arthur Conan Doyle's. Uh, yeah, I got into his Holmes books, and I also got into uh, the Encyclopedia Brown books. But have you ever read any of those, James? Uh, no, I haven't. Not okay. that I can well, remember. Um, essentially, Encyclopedia Brown is a boy detective. Like he. Well, I gathered that. <laughs> he he's what they call him. Like his nickname's Encyclopedia because like he's so smart. But, you know, I think he gave his, himself that nickname, which is very presumptuous. He's kind of a dick. Yeah. I remember vaguely like, from Reading just, Rainbow, Encyclopedia Brown, kind of a dick. Um, He just, like, he solves, like, little mysteries and stuff like that. Because I remember there was one where he investigated this guy who was cheating at a uh, at a chili eating contest. That was what it was. Because <laughs> like, the chili was so hot, there's no way this guy could have ate all that chili. He had to cheat some kind of way. And like Encyclopedia Brown, he followed and he figured out what he was doing was uh, he before the the chili eating contest he would he had this big like bag of ice cubes and he would put these ice cubes on his tongue to, like freeze his taste buds and stuff so he wouldn't 
you know, burned his mouth like everyone else. But he went Homer Simpson on it. Yeah. Uh, but the thing with like Encyclopedia Brown, what it would do, he would say, ah, I've solved it, you know. And they wouldn't really tell you how you had to guess. And like in the back of the book, they had the answers. It kind of encouraged you to look at the thing and kind of like try to figure out on your own, you know, using your powers of deduction, if you will. <laughs> Spurred on by Encyclopedia Brown and Sherlock Holmes, I wanted to become a detective, a boy detective, if you will. So naturally, the first thing I did was I created a sign, Matt Johnson, detective for hire. What? (laughs) You think this is a joke? I'm serious about this. I can't breathe. I was was a boy detective. Matt, how old were you? I was 10. Where did you hang it? I was getting ready to hang it. (laughs) From where? Like, Wait. did you have, like, a Peanuts detective stand on your front lawn or something? No, it was... Detective it was work really, it was slash more, advice. <laughs> it was more of a flyer, really. But uh, I was going to hang it up at the local grocery store. They had, like, a bulletin board at the local grocery store. I was going to hang it up there. <laughs> My parents said, no, don't do that. Why? Because you might get molested. That's what they said. <laughs> yeah, that is bad. You're basically setting up an advertisement. A boy lives here at this address. A curious boy. <laughs> But I was charging a dollar a case. I had reasonable rates. I mean, there was really no competition in town, you know, to keep up with me. Now, that was before Cowboy Bob was going around solving his Matlock mysteries. <laughs> Him and Cowboy P.I. Steve. It turns out he's been cheating at this chili cook-off. I suggest <laughs> a death penalty. You want to know how I know that? Turn to the back of the book. <laughs> Uh, sir, what book? Don't worry about that. I'm just breaking the fourth wall. Uh, and there was, uh, something else I did one time. <laughs> uh, this is also a boy detective story. <laughs> this is a boy detective story. Um, when I was, same, obviously it's around the same time period, but we had, like, these neighbors who, uh, they were pretty bad. They were, you know, redneck white trash. Loud, you know, messy all the time, making noise. They lived across the street from us. Well, uh, one day they didn't come home and like they just disappeared. Like, you know, they left all their stuff, like the trucks and stuff were gone, but they left everything and I noticed it. Uh, and then the, uh, the police, they come by, you know, they, I guess I don't know what they were doing. I assume they were just making sure everything was all right, just doing a routine checkup. But apparently what happened was, uh, they hadn't been paying the rent, so they were, you know, getting out short of being evicted. I guess they took everything they needed or they thought was essential, and then they left all the other crap. But, yeah, the cops were over there, and I saw them. I was like, oh, this is my chance. <laughs> uh, it's your chance to make connections. You just walk up there. I want to speak to the commissioner. Yeah, that's what it was I had in my mind. Like, I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to run this fucking crime scene. <laughs> The duster prints. We need a duster prints. Check for DNA evidence. You know, uh, is there any bags of ice? Maybe they've been cheating. Chili cook-off contest. We don't know until we find out. They ask for oh, some uh, identification. You just pull up a paperback of Encyclopedia Brown. You crossed out one and put Encyclopedia Matt. I handle my flyer about a you know, Matt Johnson boy detective. Uh, but uh, I said, hey, I come over there. Do y'all, y'all need any help with anything? Like, uh, no, we're fine. Are you sure? Because, you know, I know those people. I might know where they're at. Like, no, no, everything's good. It's like, uh, uh, okay. And then I walked away. And 
James, that was the day that Matt Johnson, poor detective, died a little inside. <laughs> Your dad walked up to you. You're lost today, boy, but I don't mean you gotta like it. He took off his hat and put it on your head. It says press on it. And that day, Scoop Johnson was born. I stopped, I stopped trying to become a boy detective. I wanted to become a man detective. I have to say, if I were and that then cop, I, became... I, I have to say, if I were that cop, I'd have gotten a little suspicious of you at that point. He's walking over there. Ooh, crazy disappearance, huh? Who knows where they could have gone to? Maybe there's Maybe one brave little boy who can tell you where these people are and get a key to the city. <laughs> yeah, uh, a big like hero, hand. this little boy. I'm sure he's been treating them nicely. Um, I I had that Sherlock Holmes head. Like I had a magnifying glass, but like my magnifying glass, I didn't have a real magnifying glass. It was like it was a magnifying glass I'd gotten out of a Happy Meal. <laughs> But, you too. Yeah. I remember I was I um, always longed for a real magnifying glass. I always hated those little plastic ones. You can't do any forensic um, analysis with this shit. I know, it was bullshit. Damn you, you Peter Pan magnifying glass from Happy Meals. My uh detective phase, my boy detective phase kinda faded away. Uh it was just a phase, like uh, you know. People go through phases like, you know, I assume you're on a phase right now, James, where you're you still think you're straight, but you know, that phase might come to an end someday. And that phase has been over for a long time. <laughs> I know, I'm a former boy detective, James. I can pick up on clues. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you're like Sherlock Holmes, but with gay jokes. That should be my title. Uh, retired boy detective, Matt Johnson. You get that printed up on flyers. It's my business card. God, you would have a hell of a business card, uh, too. Matt Johnson, former detective. Former detective. Former journalist, former DJ. That uh, that that did actually remind me of uh, another time. Like this has actually been a couple years ago. I applied for a job as a private investigator. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Because there was like wait, a private wait, investigator. Like, wait, wait, back up. How have we done twenty-one episodes of this show, and at no point, including the jobs episode, you ever told me. <laughs> That you were once an aspiring private investigator. I forgot about it, okay? How do you forget? My, 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 well, it's just because, like, it wasn't really much of a story. Like, I emailed the guy saying, hey, you know, uh, I'd like to be a private investigator. Uh, I can learn everything you probably need me to learn. Uh, I know how to work cameras and stuff. Uh, I'm pretty sure I could pick up on, you know, computer forensics pretty quickly if you wanted me to. But then the guy said, nah. I don't need you. I included my resume about a former boy detective and everything. <laughs> but, but your contacts with the local police. Yeah, maybe that had something to do with it. But uh, Wait, wait, wait. Did he take out an ad, or did you just solicit this guy randomly? No. Um, I, too, have an interest in watching people without their knowledge. <laughs> I kind of solicited him randomly, because that's what I did. I just looked up, like, local private investigators. Like, there was one, like, one county over, and that was the guy I emailed. But, uh... I don't know. Like I said, I've always been interested in it. So what specifically spurred that on? Were you just sitting around the house one day and thought, I think there's a PI out there that could use a spunky sidekick like me. <laughs> I don't know. It was just, like I said, it's just something that I've always, I was somehow, like I was interested in as a kid. And I was like, well, you know, like this was like, a couple years ago, I'd been like 20, 21. I was like, you know, uh, I mean, maybe I can do it now. 
Man, be be a boy detective for real. That's all I wanted to be, James. A man detective. I I don't know. I've looked through like there's a lot of rigmarole jumps you have to hoops you have to jump through to uh get like a license uh, to be a private investigator, but uh, it's not cheap. But I've I've always like I said something I've always been interested. In. If I could ever get any kind of money, you know, I would. It's something I would definitely try to do. I mean, seriously, I know it sounds weird, but if I could ever get, like, enough money saved, up, I would definitely take the classes to get a private investigator's <laughs> license. I would. Just to say you, I have it. Matt, I would give you so much money to get a private detective license. You have no idea. Let's start a Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> Please help raise money for DJ Scoop Johnson P.I. Like, we don't have a video or anything. We just have... A black and white photo of you wearing a fedora with the caption, Everybody comes to Matt's. <laughs> I need to dig up my old uh, Sherlock Holmes hat. Can we bring in Merce as your secretary? You try to pimp her out to your clients like Mike Hammer. She'll have none of this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was, like I said, that's something that, I don't know. I understand, like, I know, like, <laughs> you're not going to be like Philip Marlowe or... You know, Sam Spade, you're out there solving murders and you know, finding uh, Maltese Falcons and finding out that they're worthless. Uh, spoiler alert. But uh, Getting caught up with fat men. You know, yeah, fat men and femme fatales and gun malls. But like I said, it's just always something that I've uh, I've just been interested in. And I've always – something that I've always kind of wanted to do. Just to say I've done it, you know. I respect that a lot. I mean, it's like it's hard out here for a pimp, said. Everybody's got to have a dream. Everybody got to have a dream, Matt. Oh, we just brought the podcast down with that, didn't we? Nah, I think I think it makes me more hopeful than anything. I think what you need is a good case to solve. We need to arrange for one of our circle of friends to be horribly murdered. <laughs> we just show up at Alex's house and throw him out a plate grass window. <laughs> it's like the whole thing about uh, firemen starting running around starting fires to give them something to, you know... <laughs> Uh, put out. That's what we do. We just murder everyone just so we can solve it. Maddie Nice Journal, 2014. The city is afraid of me. Well, I just figured, like, if we were any kind of thing, you would be, uh, assume in this analogy, I assume I would be Holmes and you would be Watson. Would you be alright with that? Uh, which Watson? Uh, which one would you want to be? Do you want to be, no, 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 Lucy Lou Watson. Yes. <laughs> Sexy Asian Watson. That's you. With all that will there, won't they tension between us? <laughs> well, to be fair, there also exists with Martin Freeman's Watson. So, pretty much every Sherlock Holmes Watchman pairing has a will there, won't they element yeah. to them. That's how I expect season three of Sherlock to go down. <laughs> Especially, did you ever see uh, Sherlock Holmes in the twenty-second century? That animated show. Back to life. Holmes. Back to life. The uh, sexual teacher between Holmes and Robot Watson was unbearable. <laughs> And sexy female Lestrade and <laughs> Dr. Jekyll Moriarty. That was an amazing show. The greatest theme of all time, where they just say Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century over and over and over again. For like two minutes. And back to life. Back to life. Back to life. Okay. Watson. Uh, that's going to be our next uh, Blow the Bible Book commentary. We just do every episode of that show. Okay. Well, there's only like, what, four of them that remain, so it should be good. We do the two-hour premiere movie. <laughs> Somehow it's better than Game of Shadows. Well, it's not that hard to do. 
Ooh, that's right. I went there, Guy Ritchie. I know you got to do this, He used to be married to Madonna back when it meant something. You can take it. And and you got fucked up on Kabbalah. That's your own problem, Guy Ritchie. And he'd be your first client whenever you become a PI. The Kabbalah killer. That's what my first mystery is called. Funny you should mention investigating mysteries, because yes. I've done a little PI work myself lately. Oh, no. And by PI work, I mean I did a Google search. Seamus makes small attendance, P.I. <laughs> the night was short, just like my leg muscles. <laughs> but, um, yeah, in the news recently, we've had a bit of a controversy surrounding one of our former county commissioners. You see, Mobile County has kind of a curse with our county commissioners. Oh, no. Was the uh, county building founded on Indian burial ground? I assume. I mean, first, we have our commissioner, Freeman Jockish, which is an amazing name. That's a real name? Yes. Like, Freeman has, Eugene Jockish. How's the last name spelled? J-O-C-K-I-S-C-H. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. Freeman Jockish. It just sounds like some kind of comic book character. Like, he I should think, be the next vulture. I think that's going to be another one of my aliases now. Thank you, James. He resigned... From his position in 2004, following his conviction in federal court on charges of corruption and filing false tax returns. He's like Al Capone. They got him on tax evasion. <laughs> that's that's much more sexier than the uh, councilman who got in trouble for stealing tires from the county shop uh, in my area. Yeah, he stepped down and was replaced by the new commissioner, Steve Nodine, who I believe within two years was arrested for the murder of his mistress, Angel Downs. Oh, jeez, that's getting, getting heavy. It's one thing, tax evasion is one thing. Stealing tires, uh, that's a little more severe. But this, yeah, mm-mm. And I assume, uh, why did he, you know, like, the details, why did he murder her? I uh, assume it's because she was like, hey, I don't want to keep having sex with you. It's like, well, uh, don't tell my wife. I will tell your wife if you give me money. All right, I'll just go ahead and murder you. That's pretty, I think that's pretty much verbatim what happened. See, my boy detective skills are kicking in. They did, because that's exactly what happened. There we go. And after Razor, <laughs> the simplest answer is often the best. Uh, yeah, after a lengthy legal trial, he was eventually found innocent. All of the members of the jury were seen pulling out of the courtroom in brand new jalopies. <laughs> they all had mistresses. But uh, Jockish has been in the news again recently for being arrested at the age of 69 for soliciting an undercover police officer posing as a 10-year-old girl. Oh, uh, okay. Questions. Or, well, questions and comments. First off, it's fucking disgusting. 69-year-old teen? No, no. Mm-mm. Second off, how the fuck does a cop pose as a 10-year-old? Unless it's like one of those internet things. It was an I internet assume. sting. Okay. All right, because... I was going to say that it felt like that would, that would have been a job for Matt Johnson, boy detective, back then. <laughs> they, just, they just put a wig on you. <laughs> hey, kid, of, you said you wanted to help us out. I don't know about this, Officer Dan. I was kind of girlish when I was 10, so yeah, that works. Uh, yeah, in doing research for that, I discovered an odd pattern, which is Alabama cannot keep fucking commissioners. Is it just, like, outside – you're just talking about, I assume, the state? Yeah, the state of Alabama. Because 
Recently, on November 6, the Marshall County Revenue Commissioner was arrested and then resigned after his resignation was submitted by Alabama Attorney General Luther Strange. I don't know. Luther Strange. It's like, now imagine Idris Elba is Doctor Strange. I believe that's also the name of an Ed Brubaker character. It might be. I'm pretty sure it is. But uh, okay. what, what, what was he arrested for? Uh, he was accused of using his official position to obtain personal gain. You know what that means, don't you? What? That just means he was uh, making money off of his job as a commissioner. There was no joke there. Why did you just assume <laughs> that? I just want to know if you understood the law like that. I do. Because my brief time, I graduated from boy detective. I went from boy detective to teenage lawyer. <laughs> you were just unfrozen caveman lawyer. <laughs> now, I'm just a teenage lawyer, and fire terrifies me. But immediately after that, on December 5th, nearly a month to the day, the Franklin County Commissioner was arrested for stealing sheep. That's a, that's a gas chamber bounce in Alabama, I believe. Yes. Former Franklin County Commissioner Greg Smith was arrested after sheriff's investigators said the commissioner was purchasing hundreds of head of livestock with no money to pay them. I want you to see the photo of this guy. Right, this is the face of a man who knows that he stole sheep and does not give a goddamn. Yeah, that's right. I stole them sheep. I'd steal them again. And over and over again. According to sources, the reason Smith purchased the animals is still under investigation. <laughs> it's like he doesn't have a farm or anything. <laughs> they have no idea what the fuck he was buying hundreds of sheep for. <laughs> like, was he going to sell them on the black market? Were they going to be his new family? Uh, he's part, yeah, yeah, I think he is. He's part of the famous uh, Alabama livestock black market. That's where you get, your, you get your sheep and your six horses there. It's something that's kind of shocking, said Sheriff Shannon Oliver, which really sends up some flags that maybe something's going on that we don't know about. <laughs> that tells me this is going to lead to some horrible David Cronenberg underworld that we're going to discover of the rich and powerful of Alabama like buying sheep for horrible, arcane reasons. <laughs> there's a sheep work. There's some kind of sheep worshiping cult that secretly rules the state. That explains why they make the horse fucking legal in Alabama. Just trying to take out the competition. Give the sheep the upper hand. You're right. To be fair, the sheep always have the upper hand. I mean, they control the garment industry. They control big wool. <laughs> and hey, who buys the most wool? Target. That's all. Everything's connected, James. We're finally getting to the bottom of this scoop. You're earning your hat today. <laughs> now, this search led me to the trail of Dale Peterson, who, while was never elected as an agricultural commissioner, did go on a very noteworthy campaign, probably best expressed through this campaign ad. Oh, boy. I'm at the very start. I gotta say, the first things I notice are the uh, Declaration of Independence. You've got dog tags and a Marine Corps logo with the dog tags. This is just an America gasm. <laughs> 
I'm Dale Peterson. I think he may be the brother of Wild Bill. That's what I was thinking. I've been a farmer, a businessman, a cop, a Marine during Vietnam. All these quick cuts. I think Michael Mann directed this. Positions in Alabama, responsible for five billion dollars. Bet you didn't know that. You know why? Thugs and criminals. If they can keep you in the dark, they can do whatever they want with all that money. And they don't give a rip about Alabama. Yeah, that's right. I dropped an arm off. Illegals bust in by the thousands, and Alabama's unemployment's at an all-time high. And what are my opponents doing about it? Stealing yard signs in the dark of night from my support. I know they did. I saw them. I told them to get the hell out of my lawn. Contributions from industries he would regulate. Bragging about receiving illegal money on Facebook. Who on earth would support such a dummy? I unliked that the moment I saw it. We should be better than that. I'm Dale Peterson. Vote for me. I, I got a gun. No My prayer. daddy stopped a lynching with this gun. For ad and let's show Alabama we mean business. The election is now diamonds. I'm on a horse. <laughs> Little did you know that horse was actually his running mate. <laughs> until he was caught uh, up in a sex scandal. Peterson, Chocolate Hooves, 2010. But uh, just some things I noticed listening to the ad. Uh, it was kind of hard listening to the ad because you know, somebody wouldn't shut the fuck up. But, you know... <laughs> This is what I'm this is what so said. angry that we're talking over videos now. <laughs> what is this, some kind of a comedy show? This he guy's got some, some good ideas. Let him speak. I know. He had some points. Like, I was just wondering, like, he was talking about uh, uh, immigration. Like, what does the Agricultural Commissioner have to do with immigration necessarily? Well, it is the Mexicans who <laughs> pick most of our crops. That's true. But still, it's not like they're grown in Alabama. Or are they? Uh, I think the, I think the conspiracy web just got wider, James. If you elect me for commissioner, I'll cripple our economy by shipping all the immigrants out. <laughs> but uh, after losing the GOP nomination, things kind of took a downturn for Dale Peterson. I don't know. He was looked like he was riding so high. He was on a horse and everything. When in early 2013, he was arrested for stealing beer from Walmart. <laughs> Why didn't Chocolate Hooves get his back that day? Why Chocolate Hooves? According to Peterson, he was falsely accused by police and store employees who didn't understand that he, quote, just had to pee, end quote, and was planning on paying for the beer after he relieved himself in the store bathroom. Apparently, I'm a thief, according to Walmart, Peterson said on the Matt Murthy Show in Birmingham, Alabama, Thursday. According to his version of events... Peterson left two cases of beer and a paper towel roll outside the Walmart restroom while he did his business. But when he came outside, officers from the Hoover Police Department arrested him. God damn, how long was he in there? Apparently that was a sting operation. They've been trying to nail his ass for years. Um, what it was was it was a uh, it was something that Big Wool was trying to plan. They had him set up to take he was the fall guy. He got too close to the truth. I could think that they just missed him saying that he was going to pay for the beer because of all those quick cuts. <laughs> he he read like his whole ad, the script from his ad. He just threw in the thing about uh, the beer like halfway through. You know, I'm a former Marine. I'm here to represent Alabama. Uh, I'm going to pay for that beer later. But that guy I run against was bragging on Facebook. You believe that shit? <laughs> oh, I like this added a bit. Since Peterson's campaign video went viral in 2010... The Alabamian has stayed active in politics, giving speeches and endorsing Herman Cain in the 2012 presidential race. Why does that make so much sense? Because Herman Cain also believes, you know, <laughs> and going and paying for your beer later, I think, is what, that's what they bond on. Yeah, it turns out Peterson is the one who wrote that speech where he quotes Pokemon the movie. 
Do you really? I've never heard of that. You had never seen the no, like I think it was Herman Cain's concession speech, where he's like, "Life sometimes seems impossible. It's never easy when so much is on the line." And they found out that it was just word per word the end song from Pokemon the movie. Wow, I thought maybe it was like you know, people of America choose me, like I chose Charizard. <laughs> Why we're at it? What the fuck is up with Magikarp? He can't do shit. He's just a no good Pokemon. I say. He's indicative of all the people on welfare. Thank you, Herman Cain. He starts referring to George Bush as Mewtwo. <laughs> the second mutation. But uh, that was not the end of Dale Don't Give a Rip Peterson. Because uh, just a few months after that, Dale was once again arrested for shoplifting. This time at a Sam's Wholesale Club. Adjacent to the same Walmart he had previously shoplifted yeah. from. You know, this means instead of stealing a case of beer, he'll steal 64 cases of beer. <laughs> he's gone insane. Like he's moving up in the world. <laughs> like he's going from Walmart to Sam's Club and eventually to Publix. An employee at the Sam's Club in Hoover confirmed to me this evening that Dale Peterson was arrested in their store today for attempting to steal cashews. Yes, <sighs> cashews. How many cashews? Like, is this like a bulk bag of cashews, I assume? In Sam's Club? Authorities said Peterson ate a can of cashew nuts, put the empty can back on the store shelf, and walked out without paying. <laughs> because he walked out of the store with unpaid merchandise, and in this instance, police said it was in his stomach, his actions constitute theft. He was held <laughs> on a $1,000 bond, but made bail later that evening. Jesus. Like, this guy is a fucking terrorist. I think I think what it is is that uh, that political ad uh, he sunk all his money into that ad, and now because he has no more money, he just goes from store to store drinking people's beer, eating their nuts for free. This is how he feeds himself now. <laughs> Why don't you go farm? Fuck that! I can't farm. What do I look like? Some, some kind of agricultural guy? <laughs> and I don't give a rip what you think about my theft. I'm pretty sure he spent like the. The past two years prior to when he finally started getting caught because he'd run out of horse meat. He had, you know, slaughtered his horse. This is for letting me down on the campaign trail. (laughs) I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Please don't compare this guy to Han Solo. Uh, You think he complained about this on Facebook afterwards? Uh, Like this post if you think cashews belong to everybody. (laughs) His opponent liked it. But uh, speaking of Facebook drama... You've told me that there has been a new development in the sordid stream of political scandals that make up Calhoun Falls. Yes, indeed. Um, to, to give you an idea, like, we didn't talk about this last episode because, I don't know, it makes perfect sense for the town that I'm from, but uh, they don't do elections on in November. Like, local elections, they always wait till the first week or the first Tuesday in December. They wait a full month after what's normally election day to do elections because, you know, fuck November is how we feel. November is when Abbeville does their elections, so <laughs> you got to be different. We legislate out of spite. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the the big uh, – there was, there was a bunch of folks running for council, uh, city council, but the big news was there was a mayor race, mayor race. And the reason why it was big is because the incumbent mayor chose not to – seek re-election. I feel like he could have easily got re-elected because he did a lot of good stuff in the four years that he was 
there. But the thing was, last year, uh, he tried to run for higher office. He tried to run for like a seat in the House of Representatives, the South Carolina House. Um, like a lot of people who've been to that town, they use it as a stepping stone, James. They don't care about helping the town. If you've seen The Wire, he pulled a total car caddy, except he failed horribly. But, uh, so since he couldn't get elected to a higher post, faced with four more years in that town, he's like, I'm not going to run re-election. Well, his resignment speech was, I'm getting the hell out of this loser town. He starts singing Thunder Road. <laughs> this is a town full of losers, and we're coming out of here to win. Um, but interesting to note, like, I think a week before the deadline to file for running for mayor, no one had signed up. Like, nobody was going to run for mayor up until a week before the deadline. <laughs> I Which, think you missed your chance. Yeah, I haven't lived in town going on three years now, but, you know, I can still get elected. Well, you can use your PI skills to get dirt on all the other candidates. <laughs> in, in that last week of uh, the filing, three people ended up filing for the office of mayor. The first candidate was the previous mayor. Now, this guy, he had been mayor for 20-some-odd years, and a lot of people blamed him for the state of the town was in because, you know, he, he run it poorly. Um, I don't think we talked about this in the episode, but I told you about him in the little test episode we did way back when we wanted to get started. But uh, he's a preacher. Uh, he's done a bunch of other jobs in addition to being mayor. Uh, he worked at the local electric plant, electric uh, company. And it was funny because uh, it's, it's only funny because no one got hurt. But in the 90s, a guy shot up the place. Uh, like just shot it in the middle of the night to get ah. back to him. The reason why was because the mayor was having sex with the guy's wife. And, you know, he was just trying to cause a scandal by, you know, firing his gun at the building or whatever. Um, he just walked outside and started shooting at the bricks. Fuck your building. Fuck your building. Fuck your building. What he should have done was just run for mayor against him, you know. Vote for me and keep your goddamn hands off my old lady. That's his platform. <laughs> The running for mayor of her vagina. <laughs> but uh, he was running for mayor, and second, we had a guy who uh, – he seems like he's a good guy. Uh, he had good intentions. He had never held political office at all. Um, to give you some backstory on this guy, the, all I know about him, uh, the stories I've heard over the years. Uh, first off, his nickname, because you know how people in small towns have nicknames. His nickname uh, around town was Monkey. <laughs> And the most memorable story I've heard about this guy was about six or seven years ago, he was in the county lockup because he hadn't paid child support payments. <laughs> oh, deadbeat dad monkey. <laughs> While he was in uh, in lockup, he got really sick because one night when he was sleeping, a spider come down and bit him on the head of his dick. <laughs> and... He like his dick almost fell off seriously. It got infected real bad, but he survived and went on to run for political office. <laughs> a black widow bite on my dick couldn't kill me. So four years in the mayoral office will be nothing. But like I said, uh, he he had no really experience as you know uh, any kind of political office. But like I said, for what I know. I haven't really met him much, but for what I know, he's a good guy. You know, I mean, like I said, his heart's in the right place. I don't know how good he could be as mayor. Or as a father, apparently. Yeah. 
he's certainly better than the other two alternatives. And the final alternative, actually, is our old friends, uh, Councilman Charlie Tillman, the one-armed councilman himself. <laughs> he decided that the time was right. He was throwing in his single glove into the race. <laughs> exactly. And uh, it's like, like I said, it's sort of the whole race was like pick your poison. You know, Who do you want to pick? The guy who screwed up the town? The guy who you don't know anything about what he can do, a guy called Monkey, or the worst candidate of the three. <laughs> so you've got your choice between a guy with a busy dick, a guy with no dick, and a guy with one arm. <laughs> what was uh, kind of interesting, too, is like the local paper. Uh, the day before Election Day, they put out an editorial. And it was funny, like, the editorial says, look, we are a newspaper, right? We're not supposed to endorse candidates, or we don't like to endorse candidates, uh, especially local candidates. Uh, it kind of blurs the line between you know, objective reporting and all this stuff. But there's something we will tell you, that of the three people running for mayor, do not vote for Charlie Tillman. Whatever <laughs> you do, do not vote for Charlie Tillman. He killed my wife. The byline is from Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> But they use all these examples, like the guy who has been arrested twice for DUI. Um, the the story that I told you from what was it last year, where he called another councilman racist because he misunderstood him, because the councilman called him dumber than dirt, but he thought he said dumber than dark, so he automatically took it as a racist offense. The same man who uh, once threatened to burn the expletive town down. He said that during a council meeting. He was going to burn this blanking <laughs> town down. Wasn't he also addicted to crack briefly? Uh, no, that's the former mayor pro tem. <laughs> the former mayor pro tem was the former crack addict and the one who had a relationship with a high school girl. So I love local politics so much. I know. Um, and so election day comes. And of these three candidates, who do you think wins? Please tell me it was the one-armed man. Unfortunately not. Uh the former mayor, Mr. Mr. Waller, he ended up winning. Uh, let's see, I've got the vote count right here. He had 285 votes to Monkey's 147 votes. And coming in last was Single Wing, as they call him, <laughs> with 131 votes. There were four writing candidates, including three votes for the outgoing mayor, and hopefully one of those writing candidates was for Matt Johnson, boy detective. <laughs> Yeah, in that climate, though, you couldn't compete with Tricky Dick, Monkey Spidercock, and Single Wing. Yes, um, but that's something that I, I, I think that was I think the one that really disappointed me. At least with the last two, you could have some fun. You know, things were going to be crazy in a good way, but with Waller, it's just going to be boring. And uh, he, of course, has had his own troubles. Uh, I used to cover the council meetings when he was mayor. And, there was always some sort of controversy or fight brewing out, just because it was just so hilarious. Because, like, he was the mayor, and you could tell that every, every other councilman on the board hated him. And like, especially the the mayor pro tem hated him because I used to get these great quotes like after meeting and stuff. Him just like he after the meeting he would go to the park line and talk shit about the mayor with me, and he was fine with being on the record about it, you know. But hopefully more of that will return at least maybe. The town may be fucked, but at least it can be entertaining. Hey, I don't think the story of mayoral candidate one armman is over <laughs> yet. Somewhere, someone out there is saying something controversial on Facebook. He will be there. With his running mate, rent is too damn high, dude. 
Together they're going to make this country good again. I will say that uh, I think this, uh, how this ties into our overall theme of this episode with the intrigue and mystery, how the hell did this situation happen is what I guess would be the the mystery of this, you know. It's like your town's version of the California recall elections. Pretty much. Mary Carey also um, ran for mayor then. <laughs> and, of course, Waller was a lot like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He wrote as many women. And old monkey spider dick was, of course, Gallagher. <laughs> it wasn't a spider. He just kept using his dick to squish melons. I think that's all I've got for that new story. But, yeah, things are, are looking, not particularly up, but they're looking for the town of Calhoun Falls. They're looking. Yes. That's about all you can say about it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, to wrap up the show, for this episode's Redneck Poetry Jam, I will now read from the comments section of the previously watched We Are Better Than That campaign video. Victoria L. writes, Give me a cowboy any day of the week. You're a fool if you believe the day of the cowboy is over and you will be begging for a cowboy and his gun to defend you. Maybe. You better open your eyes and figure out what is going on in the world. We can all see how far Obama's bowing and butt-kissing the world has gotten us. Dig. Do you have, uh, what's the name of the user? Victoria L. Victoria. Okay, that was the uploader, yes. I believe that was the proud one. southern woman with her don't tread on me avatar. <laughs> She believes in America, and guns, and cowboys, and other mythological creatures. She also believes passionately in Vikings and samurai. Maybe she's just, again, stepping on snakes. That that flag is, yes, about, you know, the rattlesnake that is America, but it can also be about just rattlesnakes. It's just general good safety advice. Don't step on snakes. She's a conservationist. <laughs> All right. Until the South rises again, I've been James. And has this been below the Bible Belt? Matt Johnson, P.I., is on the case. He walked into my office. He had the legs of a dame, but he had the face of a man. He said his name was James Lewis. Sherlock Holmes back to life. Back to life. It's I'm Dale Peterson. I've been a farmer, a businessman, a cop, a Marine during Vietnam, so listen up. I made an ad a few weeks ago that told it like it is. It got me from 5% in the polls to 28% of the vote in a three-way race for Alabama Ag Commission. And it knocked Dorman Grace, the bought and paid for our special interest candidate, out of first place, clearing that spot for John McMillan. Now, John's a good man. I like John. And he'll do something about Alabama losing three family farms a day. He'll look out for the people of Alabama. I want all my supporters to vote for John McMillan in the runoff July 13th. Then that dummy with all his illegal campaign contributions can head on back to his chicken farm. Hey, you! Hey, get away from that! I'm endorsing John McMillan because he gives a rip about Alabama. And I better not catch any thugs or criminals stealing his yard signs. So vote for the big guy. John McMillan on July 13th. And let's show Alabama we mean business. Don't you wish you had Dale Peterson watching your back?
Did he just fucking kill a guy?